Warning, this episode contains frank discussion on adult subjects like world events and historical atrocities, as well as open political discussion. Listener discretion is advised. Ladies and gentlemen, feast your ears upon the new Jen Green show, starring the new Jen Green. Powered by the Young Adults Fighting Tobacco Coalition. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, this week, uh, due to popular demand and the, the sheer, sheer content we have got out of this, we the Education Committee of the Young Adults Fighting Tobacco have decided that we need a part two to our episode on conspiracy theories. So this is your wonderful co-host Johnny here with his other awesome co-workers. And we're going to talk about conspiracy theories a bit more. How are you guys doing today, by the way? I'm doing pretty good. Um, like I mentioned in the last episode, I, I'm not like too keen on conspiracy theories, but I'm actually kind of excited to talk about conspiracy theories now because um, just kind of looking at our like layout that we have, um, I actually get to talk about um, my time when I sort of worked for Overlord Bezos. So I'm doing pretty good. Um, I'm, I'm excited for this episode. And what about you, Chelsea? Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm I'm really excited about this episode. You guys know I love conspiracy theories, and I feel like last time it was really fun talking to you guys about it. So I'm really excited to do it again. So did were we able to persuade you though, Chelsea, that the moon landing wasn't a conspiracy theory? Or are you still are you still convinced that it was? Ah, uh, oh gosh. Are are we still I convinced that Jenny's a bully? No. <laughs> because i get it i read the article you had in there and i'm like okay yes yes it makes sense it does it's just i don't know man i don't know i still feel like maybe not at that time maybe we've gone since then but i don't know if at that time we went i don't know okay we're just gonna think you're crazy on that one (laughs) yeah just think i'm crazy i've I get it, though. Oh, I don't know. You guys might be swaying me a little bit. I might be thinking, you know what? That makes sense. That makes sense. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. You know, well, I was, at first I was shocked, though, Chelsea, but now I'm, like, warming up to, like, believing that stuff. So you, you've you've grown on me, even if you still believe that. So <laughs> Even if I'm still crazy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we still love you. Yay. Well... I feel like that was a pretty good recap onto last episode. But for this episode, well, and this wonderful part two, um, we're going to move this to another subtopic to kind of help explain um, some of the key concepts as to why people believe in conspiracy theories, why they're as popular, and what, what they really do to the conversation. So in last episode, we went into what was really the the foundations as to why people believe in conspiracy theories, because it it validates their already existing beliefs and that, you know, there's a a gradient between what is 
healthy skepticism and when there's insanity. And this usually comes out of uh, how well you're personally vindicated by this theory. Now, like with all things, one must realize is that the superstructure is always informed by the base. And for your non-sociology students out there, essentially, the conditions we have on the ground right now are really, really conducive to informing thoughts and feelings and beliefs in a systemic way that really inform uh, how society works. So one element of conspiracy theories is the rise of surveillance capitalism. So let me explain. It's a lot of big words that we quite not know what they mean. So let's break it down before we scare away our entire viewer base. Now, we live in a society, bottom text, in which we have this, this centralization and conglomeration of cultural and political power in a shrinking minority of people. You know, the, this uh, is kind of called, you can call it many things. You can call it monopoly. You can call it oligarchy. You can even call it imperialism. And essentially, when you have the centralization of power in a society, for, for this, it would be for Jenny's former employer, Dark Lord Bezos, <laughs> or, or for other people. Essentially, wealth concentrates because the market, the medium, the medium in which we exchange resources, unless handled a certain way, will lead to vast inequality. Similarly, as the result of this vast inequality, uh, capital um, accumulates uh, among, again, a shrinking oligarchy. So once you have all of this power in one place, these titans of industry, as we used to call them, the Dark Lord Bezoses, the Soroses, the um, Rothsteins, the Goldman Sachs, these kind of people of the world, they will go and start changing the base, changing how things are to best suit their interests. Like changing our consumption habits and lifestyles in such a way that produces the shrinking click of people more and more profits. This is in fact where consumerism came from, where we've, we've built this culture of constant advertising and, and constant information so that even though, you know, workers' real wages have uh, stagnated and dropped dramatically compared to productivity since the 1970s, we, we still have an economy that's growing because it's growing off of, of fiat banking and buying crappy iPhones. Now, Chelsea, would you like to give us some more, would you like to expand on that surveillance capitalism point a bit more? Sure, sure. So let's go with like kind of a textbook definition of surveillance capitalism. Um, basically, it's the gradual, slight, imperceptible change in our own behavior and perception that is the new product. In your own behavior and perception, that is the product. That's the main thing, main, main thing. Um, go a little bit deeper. Shoshana Zuboff. I really hope I didn't butcher that name. Is that right? 
close enough. Maybe. It sounds appropriate enough. Just say Dr. Professor Zuboff and you'll be good. Okay. Dr. Zuboff, uh, a PhD Harvard Business School professor um, and also the author of The Age of Surveillance Capitalism talks about it and that is basically that this is what every business has always dreamt of. um, To have a guarantee that if it places an ad, it will be successful. That this is the business they will have certainty um in order to be successful in that business you have to have great predictions and great predictions begin with one imperative which is you need a lot of data and so comes in surveillance capitalism many people call this that surveillance capitalism uh, which is the capitalism profiting off of the infinite tracking of everywhere everyone goes by large technology companies whose business model is to make sure that advertisers are as successful as possible. Um, This is a new kind of marketplace now, and it's a marketplace that trades exclusively in human futures. Really, really interesting. So just like that, um, there are markets, oil futures, we now have markets that trade in human futures at that scale. And those markets have produced the trillion made internet companies the richest companies in the history of humanity now back to theory um we're hearing all of this already and some of our more pertinent listeners can kind of understand how quickly this can develop and really congratulates the security state we have now you know or with our understanding that almost everything we do, everything we say, is being logged by the NSA and FBI. And if you were to to do something of even reasonable suspicion, you would be on a watch list. This is the reality we live in now. And, of course, that has been prime area for mistrust and distrust in our increasingly centralizing government. But essentially... Uh, This is really what we're leading into. So getting deeper into this idea of of this kind of position that this information has, uh, we have to go back to the fundamentals again. So I'm going to bore you with the stupid theory part that no one listens to. Now, to get all this data for advertising to make the most successful ads and using the most data so you can make the most targeted ads, this information is systematized and rationalized on such a grand level that it is now as big data is another thing to be used as a commodity, an item bought and sold over the market. Like any other resource, people's information is traded to facilitate the accumulation of wealth in the hands of a few as the contradictions of the market manifest. As we see now, tech giants and the state security apparatus prize even further into our own personal lives collecting data. The trend is toward the continuing alienation of humans, Uh, not not seeing us as a a whole, but rather as, as more disparate parts of just advertising information. Further, this also destroys a lot of our senses of privacy, and this throws us into a really uncomfortable area that no generation before us has had to face. 
So um, if anyone's interested in reading further, there is The People's Republic of Walmart by Leigh Phillips and Michael Rozvorsky from the Jacobin. If anyone would like a more in-depth look into the, this basic foundation. Now, my wonderful co-host, I talked a lot about stuff that makes little to no sense <laughs> if you're not reading it on a piece of paper. What your thoughts? What 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 have what have I produced so far from that, other than confusion? <laughs> well, basically, with the centralization of digital capital and political power, basically these organizations, like you know Amazon, I'm gonna bring them up and pick on them a little bit, um, like tech giants and state security apparatus. Basically, these organizations work hand in hand. Um, to pursue the interests of this financial oligarchy. Like a prime which, example. Which, which that? That, that makes a lot of sense. That's ample grounds to develop conspiracy theories because we have this distrust, because we see this shadiness in government. And all of these are the foundations in which conspiracy theories take root. It is from this base that we live under that we can finally pry at the superstructure. I'm sorry for interjecting there. I just needed to communicate that or else it would just look like one of my notebooks. Now, <laughs> also, also, I'm just going to pop in here. This is why we think our phones listen to us. It's insane. Mm -hmm. You guys ever see like an ad on Instagram or I don't know, Facebook or something. You just talking about it and all of a sudden it pops up. Yep. Yes. And it's like, what? Where did that come from? <laughs> this distrust and the conspiracy theories that kind of come abundant because of this so there, there's this sense of disempowerment and mm -hmm. an eroding sense of privacy and when it feels like it's in our interest to take back this privacy that our parents had to take back this sense of self that we feel like our parents had or our family before that that's where we start subscribing to ideology where we start having these ideas of how the world works and how it should work and from that there can possibly be produced some crazy conspiracy theories mm -hmm. so yeah like kind of piggybacking on what you mentioned about how like you know these companies and even the government they kind of go hand in hand with allowing these things to happen of like our phones listening to us and i know why they do it like obviously you want to make sure you sell products but basically it's basically governments and corporations they sometimes work together and that's not always in our best interest but a prime example of this is actually proposition 22 which as some of you know was a law that passed in california that legally identifies gig gig economy workers as private contractors. So meaning that the people who run Uber, Grubhub, and other service industry jobs are legally prohibited from unionizing and are dependent on state welfare to cover what would traditionally be, you know, covered between the employer and workers union. Um, so this law was passed in 
part of all Uber employees having to consent to anti-union material whenever they use their phone to work as well, um, or as well as Uber going full Hearst and investing billions of dollars in anti-union propaganda in all forms of media. And especially in lower in income communities where gig driving has become a vital part of the hustle for millions of underemployed government or Californians. So now compile this with the recent health crisis of COVID-19. And it's likely that tens of thousands of, you know, possibly infected workers could have their own employee-based health care and an unemployed insurance drastically decreasing, you know, or excuse me. So basically, like, these workers who are part of Uber, they might not have any employee-based healthcare or unemployment insurance to help them because they're considered contractors. So this could drastically decrease, you know, this could drastically increase the pressure of the healthcare system in California because they don't have anyone to cover, um, you know, their healthcare if their employer doesn't. So to, to put it another way, mm -hmm. there's these people who work and they have, and they work like real hours. These are real people living real normal lives, working um, as much as like a full-time job, if not more. And they're still being pushed onto government handouts. That personally is very frustrating. Because mm -hmm. to that, you know, you know, I'm not, I'm not a hardcore Trump fan anymore, but you know, I, I really like that idea of being independent from the, these, these handouts, this welfare. It feels very, very dehumanizing. And in many ways people can and will and have abused this to keep themselves in power at my expense. We see these Uber drivers, we see these people living and working and doing normal jobs. And even then, they're on food stamps, they're on welfare, and they're on Medi-Cal, when really, they can just take that money from their employer. And that, that's what I'm getting at. So already, because of this new era of surveillance capitalism, now it is further building the contradictions of capitalism. We have now the, the life and labor being squeezed out of even more people at even greater rates. And now digital, high speed, high everything union busting on top of that. that that's what we're getting at. You know, we live in this new reality now. And in this new reality, there's ample space for abuse and hurt. Yeah, so, and especially to, like, you know, just kind of piggybacking on what you mentioned, Johnny. Um, you know, these, I'm going to take Uber, for example. Like, these people are using their own cars, and that, like, driving their cars for Uber depreciates their value and leads to you know mechanical costs and again it's not you know anything that uber is going to pay for like i've actually had 
evidence provided to me that Uber drivers make significantly less than minimum wage when you take into appreciation of their car and stuff like that. Um, so, but anyway, I'm just so kind of moving on to the next topic um, because we we mentioned anti-union and I know Amazon has come under fire because of its heavy anti-union efforts. And for me personally, I worked at Whole Foods Market. I worked there for five years and it was a You're weird so transition when Amazon actually took over Whole Foods. Um, I'm kind of glad they bought us over other, you know, grocery store giants, but you know, I would say the change was definitely, you could feel the change. It wasn't subtle. It was, you know, a lot of things have changed since Prime Shopping um, and Amazon has, you know, taken effect there. Um, and I know it's like completely different because, you know, at Whole Foods, we get benefits um, and stuff like that. But, you know, for Amazon's warehouse workers, especially, like I totally get why there's this huge issue because warehouse workers, they have unsafe working conditions. Um, you know, managers will monitor their workers' bathroom breaks and they're actually implementing anti-union software or they're trying to implement that. But the craziest thing to me is Amazon has created a website um, and training material for like management that mentioned warning signs of their workers um trying, if they're to trying to yeah exactly um and they also hold meetings to argue why union unionization is bad for business and you know even illegally destroying pro-union ballots um but that's currently being investigated by the national board of labor relations but basically amazon doesn't want their workers to unionize because then they lose money and that's that's really unfair. Like you should be able to work a job, like a 40 hour job or more, which I'm pretty sure warehouse workers, they work more than 40 hours per week, I suspect. Um, but the fact that that doesn't pay for their minimum needs is really sad. And I know like I haven't worked, I haven't really seen an Amazon warehouse, but I, I've worked with the Amazon flex drivers who would pick up groceries and they also get paid to deliver packages from their own vehicles. And again, it's kind of, it's putting the business before people. And I get it. Like businesses have to put, you know, money, you know, or else they'll go out of business, but it's still, it's crazy to me that, you know, they're putting such a, a huge effort into blocking these anti-union activities and they've been doing it for decades like literally decades you guys and, and now it's in a whole new level and so this i feel only vindicates the conspiracy theorist because mm -hmm. when your boss you know that guy you work for like and let's say to be generous on like a mean of like 40 hours a week if that guy spies on you all the time even when you're outside of work and ex does all of this stuff to then work against your interests, what makes you think that the government would act any different, especially the US government? What makes you think that the world would act any different? To, to assume less than that is naivety in its finest. I'm just sitting here thinking, I hate Jeff Bezos. <laughs> I, hate, I hate how Amazon's run because the fact that he's what, the most or is he not the, the most 
rich man in the world now is he second like the second wealthiest man in the world the second the fact that he's that wealthy and he can't pay his or he can't pay his employees he can't give them benefits he can't give them everything that they need is just upsetting to me the fact that he can sit there and let all that happen and not care I, and just get I mean for me it's like the basic necessities like using the bathroom and they're being like yes. controlled about that monitored for using the restroom like how, what bs that is and like i know a lot of people that used to work for amazon and they hated it they said it was awful awful working hours you don't get paid enough for it you're constantly on your feet and you rarely get any breaks like it they said it was awful so I can only imagine the poor people that still work for it. And it sucks because, like, most of us are trapped into it. I mean, I buy from Amazon still. It's such an integral part of our economy at this point. It's like, what do we do? You know what I mean? Right. Like, if we start, like, punishing them for acting stupid, they will shut down the entire economy. Yep. And if they get enough people mad about it, they'll try to violently overthrow the government and kill our president. Like what was almost attempted during the business plot. He's a dictator. You know, but yeah. So it's again, going back to that whole conspiracy theory thing, we could like, we can so understand this. This makes complete sense. You know, like I can understand why the QAnon conspiracy exists, you know, like that it's crazy, but the idea of it, the, the, the idea that stuff isn't right and that power is centralizing in the hands of a few while the worst contradictions of our system happen while the planet is melting. That makes perfect sense because that's reality. But crazy child molestation rings and aliens and Trump being sent by God to destroy the <laughs> pedophile ring even though he did nothing about it in his four years of being president you know that you just need to think you need to hold up for a minute when you get to that point and go like hey am I insane and then after you ask that question do you say do I need help and then you go and you get help. Well, and I mean, we all know that Trump is best friend was best friends with Epstein, so. <laughs> Which is another great point I wanted to get into. Yeah. Now we're going into. <laughs> Good transition point, right? <laughs> now we're going into the mainline conspiracy theories. So now that we have this basis, that the base influences the superstructure. That this superstructure is very much something that um, that you can pin conspiracy theories at because that would make sense. You need to have a reasonable doubt for it because you can kind of understand that the game can be very unfair and that stuff needs to change. Especially if we want to survive on a melting planet. <laughs> <laughs> and, and especially in understanding why the tobacco industry is still a thing that exists. Um, we are transitioning now into the extended conspiracy theory section. So 
Um, I'm going to bring up the first one. Uh, the day after episode, uh, I rather, part one was recorded, it turns out that this was the two-year anniversary of the death of Jeffrey Epstein, a famous Wall Street financier with extensive connections to the Washington, New York oligarchy. So the hardcore political establishment, like the Clintons, yes, the Trumps, and, and many... Many, 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 many powerful people that, you know, that, that it makes people wonder. Uh, considered as a, quote, perfect storm of screw-ups by the head of the FBI after a routine investigation, the negligence of prison security and the malfunction of security cameras for the period of Epstein's death, as well as the barren results of two simultaneous investigations into his death so far have spawned a firestorm of conspiracy theories across the political spectrum. In a study by Dr. Eric Oliver at the University of Chicago, only less than 30% of Americans believe that Epstein committed suicide in prison, with a wide majority believing in the conspiracy that Epstein was whacked by the powers that be. To, uh, so yes, that that's the conspiracy theory. It's a popular one. It's been mean to death. Um, <laughs> to to take it to a a more fundamental and I'm teaching you something point. A lot of people believe in this because this is a an understanding of the structure. That well, not the structure. I'm sorry. This is an understanding of the base. That the, the economy we live in is that where, um, in a lot of literature, this is called late stage capitalism, but we, we see that the wealth has polarized, that power has polarized, and that all these things have come together so that, like, if there really was an Epstein guy, if, if there really was a guy who did all of that and was connected to the entire political establishment and we could do nothing about it, that would make sense. Like, that, that would vindicate people's personal political beliefs as well as, as show an understanding of... of the the economic orthodoxy this being said um i outside of like my own political views i only knew so little about this whole epstein case until i went and studied it further but um but before i tell my own personal story uh what what do you two have to contribute to the Epstein? I've watched every documentary, <laughs> every article. Oh, no. I am 99.9% sure that this asshole did not commit suicide. He was way too narcissistic. He knew, he thought to himself that some, somehow he would get out of it. You know he did. There is no way that he was felt guilty or just even felt trapped in prison enough to commit suicide. There is no way. He was way too narcissistic for it. You could totally tell. And like, oh, the fact that he got away with it so long too, you know he didn't think that that was the moment, that something was gonna, like, 
I, you know, he the, felt, didn't the whole the whole perfect storm of negligence and screw ups. That's what got me, because um, I have family who are p- formerly incarcerated, and I want y'all to hear something. Security cameras don't turn off in prisons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Like, you always have someone watching you in there. So that made me feel very suspicious. But, you know, still, I'm not going to have this program be canceled because of slander. So I'm not. I personally believe that he didn't do it, too. But then again, you know, that also vindicates my personal beliefs. So either I'm right or I'm delusional. So I'm just I, I'm just saying, man, I just feel like with him he had so many names you know he could have got a plea deal they could have put him into hiding for the rest of his life and that's what he was going to aim for um so i don't think he did it i definitely think someone murdered him what do you think jenny first of all i was gonna say chelsea i love you because like your your response was perfectly it was perfect (laughs) it was it was so it was so honest it was was amazing I'm so I'm so you're, truthful with you guys. So I refuse frank. to lie. <laughs> you're so frank about it, you know. <laughs> We're on the politically incorrect part of this now. Uh, I'll make sure this episode has the warning on it. Okay, <laughs> totally good idea. <laughs> yeah, but basically, I I agree with you guys. I think, and and I've been to prison. You guys, you 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 should know this. I've been to prison. I've been to jail i've been to prison these these were all um field trips by the way but oh my God. <laughs> i always like to like catch people off guard when i say that because um i it's funny to me anyway so oh God, these were field terrible. trips but i've i've Did been you end up getting like a like a black teardrop like separately <laughs> you guys have never seen me in person so you you wouldn't oh you couldn't tell um you just cover it up with uh foundation yeah <laughs> i i have heavy filters during our zoom meetings um, yes. anyway so but you're totally right i think like the amount of steps to you know say say it was like a suicide the amount of steps taken that it was it's just unbelievable like i think I think there was definitely like some sort of cover up because and one thing that I'm afraid of, and this is another conspiracy theory on top of this conspiracy theory, is the fact that maybe they somehow smuggled him out of the prison and he's still alive and happy and, you know, doing committing atrocities still outside of prison. Like like the conspiracy theory that Tupac is still alive and he's in hiding in Serbia. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so i i hope i'm wrong about that conspiracy i don't personally believe it i don't want to believe he's still alive and it just stinks because you know the very next day he was supposed to like give information into you know what had happened and stuff like that like people aren't receiving the justice that they deserve to to face and i agree with chelsea when she's like there's there's no reason why he would have committed suicide. Like, he probably would have... Heck, he could have been like, um... Oh, what's his name? The 
Bill Cosby. He might have been like Bill Cosby and found a loophole yep. to get out of prison eventually. You never know. So I and do. And when you have that much money, like we, yeah. we also understand that we live in a deeply, deeply flawed. Well, I, I wouldn't even say flawed. This criminal system works perfectly given the certain standards it has. So like I can so like I can so understand that. I can understand the buying your freedom even if you did something absolutely horrible. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. I just don't I don't see him killing himself. I really hope you're I've heard that theory too, Jenny, that somehow like he escaped, like people helped him escape, but I kind of feel like he was a loose end to tie up. So mm-hmm. I think he's probably dead, but I don't yeah. think he did suicide. Um, but I just want his girlfriend to sing like a canary because they've had oh, her yes, for a while now. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. they've had her for a while. So hopefully she'll give names out because I'm interested to see how that goes down. I don't know. Maybe it's going to be like that one meme. I was like, hello, I have important information that can lead to the incarceration of, of Hillary Clinton. And then you get <laughs> like, got. <laughs> I I love those memes. Yes, I love that. Like I don't, I don't personally subscribe. Well, uh, uh, it's, tricky. <laughs> it's, tricky. it's tricky. I'm not going to incriminate in front myself in front of a large audience. So I'm going to I'm going to be smart and stop talking. But yes, that's like a. I can I can safely say that it all kind of vindicates our personal beliefs that like. You know, again, we're like members of a tobacco control and environmental justice group. So, like, we all feel differently about things. Like, you know, like like Chelsea is a lame-o, uh, <laughs> Obama-supporting social democrat. <laughs> I'm just insane. And Jenny's just... Jenny's Jenny. We all have our different <laughs> views. And even then, still, there's, like, like, we can all understand, at least, that that we want things to be better, and things can be better when we tackle these hardcore institutional problems. And so, you know, I think we can safely say that the centralization of political and social and cultural power is, is a deep threat to, to the life and well-being of people here. And so we should change that. So like either way, even though we have different beliefs, like believing, you know, taking in the facts and putting in the truth and making a truth for us that F- that Epstein was whacked because he had information that could lead to the arrest of Hillary Clinton, you know, like that that to a degree that makes perfect sense to all of that to all of us because that's vindicating. Okay, now on to a crazy conspiracy theory. What do you guys know of Big Soy? Big Soy? What? So um, this is along the same lines of the pot plot. And I was, 
I was told to include this in the episode because it's that good. But for our listeners who, for some reason, didn't listen to part one, the pot plot is this conspiracy that has at least been circulated by uh, Wesley Muhammad, is that the U.S. government has made strands of marijuana that transform virile, strong, masculine black men into homosexuals. Similarly, there are people who believe that um, due to GMO farming and um, new changes in agriculture, that because of the slightly elevated um, amount of estrogen in stuff like beef and vegetables, that the U.S. government is secretly trying to to turn all of the men in this country, you know, to to have them undergo um, a sex change because that's you know that's what you do when you're diagnosed with. Uh, gender affirmative therapy is that you know if you're uh you know you you take estrogen pills basically and so you know there are people who believe that big soy is selling all the soy so that um essentially more people can get estrogen in their bodies and they can they can feminize the population your thoughts Thank goodness. My gosh, we're finally on to something. The world would be so much better if it was only women. Oh, okay. okay. I'm the, Chelsea okay. speaks the truth. Okay. Oh, man, I you're getting the to the right. To be higher here, I took great offense to that. Okay, but continue, please. No, no, I'm kidding. Only a little bit, but. <laughs> Oh, wow. Wow, that makes me... It makes me sad that there's actually people that believe that. But I mean... I mean, I'm sure it's... I'm sure it's mostly pushed around because of memes. But I could so imagine someone's racist grandpa talking about that. (laughs) Which, Which is, like, understandable, you know? Like, if I hated normal people who just happened to be transgender... Or if I hated the federal government, you know, like I would, just like with the pot plot, I would mix the two in with each other because it personally vindicates my personal beliefs and views, however bigoted they might be. Right? So like, again, this is a wonderful example. People will believe in crazy crap if they agree with it. Just like how people will not believe in normal stuff because they disagree with it. Now, on to COVID conspiracy theories, if either of you would like to pick that up. I'm the one that put this down, guys. You knew I had to do it. (laughs) I'm sure you guys have heard them all. My personal favorite is that we're being tracked, you know, because we're all so important that the government spent the time and the money to make the vaccines have little tracking devices. And and once we get vaccinated, we're all being tracked. 
thoughts aren't we being tracked already we like have cell phones and stuff and like what we talked about earlier we you know we live in the age of surveillance capitalism you know you you can have your information collected now i feel as if the people who push covid conspiracy theories um i like to think most of them are really far right wing which you know good on them i personally don't subscribe to that belief system anymore but you know okay i think at least in concept they're so pro business that i think that like if all of these people were on the receiving end of if people were actually being tracked by covid vaccines through small microchips they would be all for it they would go like sweet i can find out stuff so i can sell people more crap from my ma and pa restaurant i own or from that mcdonald's franchise i inherited from my dad you know i could see that because again conspiracy theories much like you know elements of the whole body politic are reflections of the base and the base includes social relations so if you're um you know if you're a middle class person if you're you know a middle class american you have these interests and much like mr bezos sometimes your interests are contrary to the interest of your employees so like yeah i i can understand why people are making conspiracy theories i just think they want to believe in stupid stuff because it vindicates them and then they're just so far down a rabbit hole that they'll believe in anything it's just sad because i really honestly believe there are some people who actually believe that we have the technology to create tiny trackers that could be introduced through a vaccine it's amazing to me it's sad we don't even have lace up shoes that lace up on their own or flying cars like we were promised in back to the future oh my god why, why would we have tiny why would we have tiny trackers and do we all have cell phones yes i think the majority of the population has cell phones so my goodness people oh, i saw this tiktok where this guy was he used to be like in the military mm-hmm. and they have tried to track you know the soldiers and stuff but he said like their technology didn't work it worked so poorly that they have almost like killed the same soldiers on their side when they mistake them for the enemy like yes we'd... yes <laughs> exactly i used to exactly. live with a veteran i i know what you're talking about yeah it's just insane i guess another one another sad conspiracy theory this is again going into the more dark side of conspiracy theories and how they can actually be really dangerous yes. one of the bad covid ones is that um the chinese government is responsible for creating the covid virus yeah that's one of the worst and because of that conspiracy theory there has been a lot of um asian american what's the good like violence against asian americans and it's really unfortunate and it's very very sad that something so insignificant as this somebody just deciding one day that this is a theory that this might be true 
and that a president, one of our presidents, is, like actually made it seem like this is true. But um, then again, like I, no, I'm sorry for interrupting. I'm gonna let the adults talk first, and then I'll hop in. <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. I I'm interested in seeing hearing what you guys have to say because I I get. I read the conspiracy theories about it. It's just really unfortunate because it transition transitioned into like anti-Asian American behavior, which should never have happened ever. And so it's unfortunate. Okay. Thoughts. Jenny, you're the adult in the room, please. <laughs> I am the oldest. So what this reminds me of is, you know, after Japan bombed Pearl Harbor, we, incarcerated Japanese Americans and you you can say what you want about like whether or not that was the right thing to do at the time but that took away their due process by our own standards of government that you know we can't just incarcerate people just because of their race that takes away their due process and such and that's what this reminds me of is we're condemning people based on their race when they didn't have anything to do with china like they're they're american and i guarantee you like no one living in america who is chinese descent they they don't want a deadly disease wiping everything out like we we want to go back to normal like hopefully i'm explaining this right but it's it's just sad how we it's so easy to pick on them because you know they're the same race, but it's really not fair to condemn, you know, a, a group of people based on something that is out of their control. And like, I don't, I don't think that China has, well, I don't believe personally that China made COVID and it somehow got released or they released it or whatever. I, I genuinely believe that it was somehow, like, it came from, you know, Butcher's mar Market or something. I don't know, though. But we need to just stop condemning, right, like, people of a certain race or background and such. Because it's not, it's not fixing everything. It's, what it's doing is just putting pressure on us economically, socially, emotionally, all of the above. And it's it's not fair for them to have to deal with that when they had nothing to do with it, essentially. Hopefully, hopefully that was a good explanation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So do you want to hear work, Johnny? Or <laughs> or outside of work, Johnny? Johnny outside of, outside of work, Johnny out. is a bit of a woo mow. I'm not gonna lie, you know. I plan I have a bias. I plan to be working under the Chinese government when, after I graduate. So, like, I, I have a bias here, but would you like to hear work Johnny or outside of work Johnny first? Let it out, Johnny. Just yeah. Let it out. Okay. So, Jenny touched up on a lot of really good points. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this further because I feel as if our education system is very lacking in stuff that we should know. Okay, how many countries are out there that claim to be the sole representative of China? Ooh. Two. Um, yeah. There's the Republic of China, Taiwan. There's the People's Republic of China, mainland China. And there's also a massive Chinese diaspora 
that came when this country was brutally colonized and forced to in these humiliating treaties and was even invaded by the United States. If you think I'm lying to you, please read about the Boxer Rebellion. So, like, you know, because of this instability, um, oh my gosh, like, I've only, I personally just moved to the Bay Area. And we have a lot of Asian people here. So I think I would say a fair many of them come from modern day middle class Chinese who move overseas because the U.S. has less strict banking laws here. But there's a lot of Chinese, like Orange County Chinese and other Asian ethnicities who came here when their country was at war with each other and there was famines every other year and and their entire country was put into a heroin addiction by the British during the opium wars, you know, to the Jenny put it really well that even if the government of China and mainland China is doing something shady, that does not at all apply to like an Orange County or Bay Area Chinese or an anywhere Chinese. If you think that 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 government is so corrupt and horrible like our government and so evil that they would make their own bioweapon and unwillingly uh, and unconsensually test their own citizens like how we've done multiple times, like the people there would be like completely clean of wrongdoing because they would have an inept and terrible and horrible government that's as inept and horrible and terrible as ours. So yeah, that whole like that whole Asian hate stuff, it's absolute crap. Fight against it direly because this is the same exact crap that my Jewish family got when they came to this country. This is the same exact crap that my Irish family got when they moved into this country. This is the same stuff even that my German family got when they were here during World War One, and their language was sucked out of them. And I think there was even one lynching of a German. So no, it's just all hate mongering. It's just all hate mongering. Don't fall into it. Okay, that was work, Johnny. Do you want to hear out of work, Johnny, now? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Essentially, I'm a bit of a woo now. Um, I, I again, I plan to to work over there. Um, when when I took to my my political evolution, one of one of the things is that as of this recording. We're pretty close to three-fourths of a million dead from COVID. China does not have this situation, despite having four times as many people. Oh, I'm sorry, not four times, but even more. That's like 20 to 25% of the human race represented under a single flag. They, They don't have that problem. I'm... I am not at all Asian. 
but you don't need to be Asian. You don't need to be any ethnicity to realize that, you know, the China has done well for itself. It's had a lot of hiccups and this and that and whatever, but it is a country that has made its people rich. It has ensured housing, healthcare, employment, and education for one point, what, five billion people now. And that is something that even the wealthiest country in the world has failed, has fallen flat on its face to do. And for that, that gets massive respects, even if I don't particularly agree with everything about that country, or even though that country has a lot of baggage that comes from its 5,000 year history, century of humiliation, and a lot of the failures that came after the establishment of the PRC. So with all of that being said, I want to get back to the sociological principle that we've been hammering home. It's convenient for people. Why is this hatred of Asian Americans and this hatred of Chinese mainland uh, Taiwanese and diaspora people? Why is this hatred being pumped out? Why are these conspiracy theories even being aired on the New York Times? It's simple. We live in a new Cold War. You, you know, I, I think a lot of us will go and poo-poo on Trump, which is fair, because, like, I enjoy poo-pooing on him, but, you know, <laughs> the, the left aisle isn't all that, that um, free of criticism either. You know, Mr. Biden has, has, a, has had a long history of going and actively working um, to destabilize other countries just because they didn't like it. So, um, we, I mean, we live in a, in a new Cold War now. We live under these new conspiracies and all this consent trying to be manufactured by this increasingly small clique of wealthy individuals with their own interest. So, like, personally, I think the whole, oh, it came out of the lab from Wuhan. It's the Chinese megavirus. It's going to kill everyone. That's all crap. It's more reasons to get us into wars. And I don't want to get into wars. I think enough people have died of the murderous mistreatment of COVID in this country that we should never ever drop a single bomb in any other country for the next few decades. But that's also my personal opinion. And even though I have a more favorable stance toward a country that has eliminated extreme poverty and secures these social benefits while also just making a country rich. I'm also against another Cold War. I'm against the suffering that that will cause and that suffering that will continue to permit it causing. We need to focus on making our home, the United States, better. And, and you know, stabbing Asian people, going into these racist frenzies, going into all of that, that isn't conducive to making this place better. That isn't conducive to conquering this virus that is on the road to killing one million Americans. 
So yes, that's my outside of work Johnny thoughts. Your reactions, if any? I think I've I've just thought of a way to get people to get the vaccine. It's like a it's like a new scared straight program, which is possible. Where like anti vaxxers have to walk through a COVID ICU unit and look Oh my god in the face and say no I'm not going to get vaccinated that have been working oh like 24 hour shifts yeah let's scare them straight I think that would work <laughs> but otherwise Johnny yeah I, I agree I mean it, no matter what I think the, the main thing there is um, I mean obviously this behavior is awful this hateful tree is just ridiculous and even if somehow this government released it if that even was a possibility which i sincerely doubt or i would hope not i don't see how that would even be possible it would be the government's fault not the people's like you said mm-hmm. right you like if I mean? again if their if their government is as horrible corrupt and disconnected as ours the people are at no fault for this. It, it would be like marking the American people at fault for invade uh, for invading Iraq. Yep. Okay. Now, before we get the program canceled for my unpopular opinions, uh, Princess Diana's death. I put this on, Jenny, but do you want to take it? Because I know you like this one. I do like this one. It's just, I'm, I haven't, like, really brushed up on, like, the reasons, but it's just, it's sus because it's just sus. I should have brushed up on this a little bit more, but let me just do a quick Google. There is, like, security service connections. There is blood samples. There was a gun involved, possibly a pregnancy, absence of CCTV images. It's just sus to me. And the so, seatbelt. Why Why wasn't Diana not using her seatbelt? <laughs> yeah, I think the fact that... Because she, she got a divorce from... I think it was... Was she married to Prince Charles? It was Prince Charles, right? I always get them confused. I, I think so. But yes, continue pretty sure it was whatever prince it was whatever harry and harry's dad is i don't know um but i just um that was not good in the royal family you're not supposed to get divorced that was the main thing um there was suspicion which i sincerely doubt but again another conspiracy theory that um and the royal family also they've done interviews and looked into this that they made that um harry the youngest son wasn't actually um or was it William? Is it William? Prince William? It's Prince William, isn't it? Gosh, I get them confused. Whatever prince she was married to wasn't actually his son. Um, and they were having affairs. Both her and the prince were having affairs on each other during the marriage. And but either. Um, so there's really just a lot of, like you said, um, like you said, Jenny, sus, like suspect suspicions there with um, her That's death. That's staying in, by the way. <laughs> the, the suspicions yeah it's suspicious it's, it's interesting and i just i feel like 
again, it's too, what's a good word for it? Coincidental? Yeah, coincidental. Because I know. That too Mm -hmm. was a big thing. Yeah. Because especially with like the seatbelt thing, like sure it was like a, I think it was a limo, right? It was, I think it was a limo, but she, it's, it sounds like she was an, you know, an avid seatbelt wearer and then either, you know, she wasn't wearing the seatbelts or, you know, she, the seatbelt malfunctioned or the seatbelt was compromised. Either way, it was, she had, she had, she would have been wearing her seatbelt. Okay. Cause her, you know, her sister said Diana was religious about putting on her seatbelt. Um, but it's just, it's still, it's like, well, let me read this analysis of the wreckage of the car after its reparation to England in 2005 by a forensic accident investigator from the transport research laboratory found that all the seatbelts were in good working order, except for the right rear, which was attached to the seat Diana occupied, um, followed by the French. They, I mean, they found that the seatbelts were operational at the examination, but um, suggested that seat, damage to the seatbelt took place after the crash. So, I don't know. It's just suspicious that, you know, why was she actually killed in this, you know, supposed car crash? I just don't. I don't believe it. I'm suspicious about it. I'm very suspicious. What do you think, Johnny? I have no clue. (laughs) I actually, this is going to be another firm point, and I'm glad I'm wearing my Ireland shirt today, but I'm belligerently anti-Great Britain, so I could care less. You know? But she was cool. I'm I'm glad she was cool. She was a nice lady. (laughs) I'm glad to hear. I'm glad to hear. I'm sure she was wonderful. I don't know. I don't focus on these things. I will talk to you about the Taoiseach uh, or the the chieftain of Ireland because he's pretty cool. And I'll talk about even uh, Irish stuff, but I have no clue what any of this royal stuff means. <laughs> like, I'm I'm sure that person died in which, whichever, however way. I have no clue. I'm Irish. You know, honestly, it's one of the most popular conspiracy theories. I think it's really that's the reason I have it on here. And I feel like it's kind of interesting to know. I I mean, I think I don't know. You and Jenny find this really interesting. And I'm not (laughs) denying that. I just have no clue what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I think I think she was whacked in your terms, Johnny. Oh, I thank you. Should we talk about JFK? Because I'm kind of excited about this one. Let's do it. Okay, so what do you guys think? Most people believe that is it was Lee Harvey Oswald that shot Kennedy. Okay. Um, there are other conspiracy theories that somehow, I think it was like um, Secret Service was involved, um, that there were other officials in the government that wanted him dead. 
some people think it was like Cuba, so like Fidel Castro. Some people think it was like the mob because there are another more conspiracy theories that um, Kennedy was involved with the mob. Um, what do you guys think? I'm interested. Wasn't Lee Harvey Oswald literally a member of, I, I don't know which one, either like the Communist Party of the United States or the Socialist Workers Party, one of which is like what was made explicitly to be pro-Cuba. So I like, you know, like when you, when you, oh, the guy literally so. defected to the Soviet Union. And then, like, yes. he came back to the U.S. Yeah, like, uh, oh, for... if there was a larger thing as some political struggle between the U.S. and the Soviet Union, that makes perfect sense. I believe that. One well, I mean, big no happened doubt. under JFK's watch, so. Yeah, like, I, I've, I've no doubt about that. Kennedy would probably be the guy who would who would like make the star Wars program early and like start world war three. So like, I have no doubt. What do you think Jenny? So we've, and I mentioned this last episode, we think that because, well, for the, I don't know why I want to say principal. For the past presidents who had assassination attempts on them, they don't have conspiracy theories about, you know, those assassination attempts. But because JFK died, that's, you know, that's where the conspiracy theories have has popped up. So I don't I don't believe the conspiracies behind his assassination. Um I don't know. I just I don't think they hold any water to be honest i think you know he was unfortunately assassinated um and that's that yeah if that's it, actually a really good was, point if it was something bigger that would make complete sense like i would say there are definitely conspiracy theories around other presidents they just aren't as popular so for example there was an actual attempt to kill uh president mckinley back in the late 1800s during the constitutional crisis of the time. So like that, that, that makes sense to me. And that I'm was over like also a, a left-wing dude who was upset and tried to kill the president. I'm over here like, we had a president named McKinley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wasn't he the guy? No, I don't think he was the guy who got us into the Spanish war. I don't know. My my memory's quite cloudy on this one. I have the first five and the last five memorized. The rest oh are God. just I don't know. Well it was an it was an attempt. It didn't go through. He lived, sadly. He lived. <laughs> I I don't know guys. The JFK one, I'm I you guys know me, I'm crazy. I kind of feel like because he was really pushing, but there again. I don't know. I don't Do know. Do you believe he was hiding information about aliens and that's why? Oh, no. No, I, I think grew up it on was... that conspiracy, by the way. I'm trying not to patronize <laughs> you. That's pretty valid. <laughs> if it was aliens, like that it would make sense. perfect sense. 
maybe he was going to tell the American people and people were like, nope, you can't do it. You can't do it. I I personally think that it was because he was trying to pass civil rights. Obviously, he was trying yeah. to get that going. Um, I think very maybe unpopular. Because of that. I mean, it's yeah. unfortunate because obviously that was a good thing. Um, so I think that there were probably people in the government that did not appreciate that and wanted to see him gone. So I think he was, uh, it was something in the government, somebody in the government that had him um, assassinated. I think it was, oh, but then again, if Lee Harvey Oswald really was like sent by Khrushchev, like I, I figured that out by now, like there would be no use in like covering it up because like that would be perfect casus belli to like go into another conflict. Exactly. So why would they keep it a secret? If that right. Sure. You got me thinking now. That makes a <laughs> lot of sense. It must be aliens. It must be aliens. I think it's aliens. <laughs> I don't know. I definitely think it was a government set up kind of cover up situation. So it's one of my favorites again. I just like conspiracy theories. They're they they can be dangerous, like we talked about, but they're interesting in other cases. By the way, I did more research, and it looks like she was in a car, but she was still in the back seat. And there's yeah. Oh, see, I thought it was a limo. Okay, that makes more sense. I thought so too, but then I did more research, and it looks like she was actually in a car. So that definitely means she would have been wearing her seatbelt. But what's also interesting is there was a note that she left her butler and it said something like, you know, I'm afraid of, you know, something bad happening when I'm in a car or something like that. I can't remember where the note was, but that one is suspicious too. Yeah. Very suspicious. Yeah. It's sad. It's so sad. Well, speaking of aliens, do you want to talk about aliens, guys, again? I would love to talk about aliens. I have, okay, I have the Roswell crash in Area 51. The Roswell crash, I mean, if you guys don't know about it. in my heart. You always have to have them in your heart. There are, okay, so it happened in 1947. And it was um, something, they don't know what, crashed on a remote ranch outside of Roswell, New Mexico. Um, At first, the government claimed it was like a sauce. Yeah. was like a UFO basically something unidentifiable mm-hmm. but then they retracted that statement and basically said it was a weather balloon um, yeah. I've never seen a weather balloon but I I don't think I don't think you could just switch those <laughs> I don't know about you guys. I have a good counter for that one um, but I also have a, a funny story about that whole Roswell stuff but I'm going to save it uh, unless Jenny wants to contribute the nah i'm like it's it's getting close to my bedtime and i'm like tapping out a little bit so okay so weather balloons at the time the thing about it is that when they said oh it was just a, a weather balloon you know people were very very suspicious because like the the images we have from the crash site and from the retrieved material was that it looked like a 
what's that material I put on my head to make a like to make a cap so that the aliens don't read my mind and you can't oh, tinfoil tinfoil thank you it looks like tinfoil which is really weird because that wasn't in households until a few years later but basically um an idea that has kind of emerged is that essentially what crashed at Roswell was a military air balloon. Well, like a military surveillance balloon that oh. used this high-tech material called tinfoil to help like reflect off this or, or something. But essentially, this was in the height of the Cold War. And this was before we had satellites. And I would say, oh, bridging back to when I talked about the Soviet Union for a few minutes, um, essentially, like Sputnik had just launched a few months ago, if I'm to be correct. So there was paranoia that at any point the Russians, that, that the Soviets could go and just shoot an ICBM at the United States and then initiate World War III. Which, which was a fear. It was the first Cold War at the time, so that makes sense. So what happened is that the U.S. Uh, Air Force that had a military base just a few miles away, they would have a weather balloon there to check out like ambient temperatures and look at like wind patterns to see to, to do an early detection for an ICBM. And so when that crashed and fell down, you know, the government didn't want that information to leak to Soviet intelligence that we had counter ICBM technology. That so, makes sense. yeah. I, I can see that, especially because it was 1947, though so I'm sure a lot of people had never seen anything like that. Yeah. So I can definitely see that. Okay. Now, right. back to my one. personal story. Um, one of my teachers from school, my, uh, my earth science teacher back in like high school, she did believe in aliens. And so on our last chapter of earth science, when we talked about the earth's position in the universe, and all of that, uh, every, I, I cannot, I'm going to redact her name for now, but she was this like amazing, uh, amazing teacher. You know, she had, she, she was so wacky and zany, you know, she, she had a really fun classroom, but every time we'd finish a chapter and go through the test, we would just spend the next day or two looking at like a semi-related documentary so you know like sophomore year johnny had a wonderful excuse to watch cool documentaries about dinosaurs and and like earthquakes and like watch bill nye the science guy like if if former william henry harrison high school students are listening you're so missing out. Oh my gosh. If you don't have earth science, like you, you should go in there because that class is amazing. But <laughs> for our video, for the last chapter of earth science, 
we watched this this what if documentary it was i think it was a dramatic movie adaption of i think like greg bob lazar's project blue book stuff and so it's like bob it, it like follows this fictionalized story of bob lazar going and seeing the roswell crash and then meeting aliens and becoming like uh, like we it's an interesting movie i recommend people watch it but like that is that is my personal connection like that that is what made the cool teacher the coolest teacher because like we talk about rocks and lizards and stuff but then she was spaced to talk about aliens. Oh my God, best teacher ever. I'm going to be like that when I grow up and I become a teacher. Oh, nice. That's like the best. You better make it happen, Johnny. You better I be will. that teacher. When I move overseas and, you know, I'm educating Chinese children how to speak English. Make sure they believe in aliens. I will watch. <laughs> I will help them by putting uh the x files on and they could have little like subtitles on it and it's like here is how you speak english like an american <laughs> what is his name class fox molder <laughs> i'm so proud of you kids yeah that that makes that makes me so happy you know being able to cultivate that and being someone's weirdo english teacher nice nice Living the dream. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like that. And I would be paid money for that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Best job ever. Speaking of Bob Lazar, have you guys seen that I believe Bob memes? No. <laughs> They're no, really funny. They're really funny. If any of our listeners don't know who Bob Lazar is, give him a goog. It's worth it. He's an interesting guy. He's Especially also an interesting guy who has not changed the details about his story about mm -hmm. how he met aliens in over 20 to 30 years. Hasn't changed a detail. Hasn't changed it. In... Makes you think a little bit, huh? It does. I but believe that. again, like, I'm also very biased towards that, you know. <laughs> I still remember growing up, you know, looking at the helicopters passed by my home and thinking, God, I wish I could just be abducted and probed by aliens. You know? <laughs> that was a very inappropriate thought for me to have at six years old. You know, I, I had an awakening very early, but, you know, <laughs> you know, that would, that would make me feel personally happy because then I could be abducted by aliens. And, like, it could be like Star Wars, but cooler. I just want to meet one. Could... I hope they're friendly. Oh, my gosh. Again, like last episode, I was like, please, we don't know how to run this thing correctly. <laughs> could, you, could you help us, please, Mr. Could Aliens? You... And then they're like, help sure, thank you, man. <laughs> and then they do all of that. That would be so rad. Oh, man. All right. Well, let's just. I'm interested in your guys' opinion about. Call it good for tonight. 
real quick. Bigfoot, yes or no? Do you guys believe in Bigfoot? I love the memes, but no, it is very, very, very unlikely that he exists. I agree with Johnny. <laughs> I, I also look. I I've nearly agree. bought the merch. I nearly bought a hat that says "Bigfoot is real" and he tried to eat my ass. Like that's a shirt. <laughs> that's a hat that I want to have, even though I don't wear hats. Oh man, there's some good conspiracy theories about Bigfoot that he's an alien, a time traveler. There's so many, but. I, I also agree. I do not think he exists. I mean, maybe at some point in our history. I mean, I'm sure Harry humanoid being in somewhere 2,000, 3,000 years ago or something like that, but yeah. not anymore. Well, I'm glad we're all in agreement for Bigfoot. Oh, yeah. That, that was the most surprising one. I thought one of us was going to be controversial about that. <laughs> Let's be honest. You all thought I was going to believe no, no, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Like, we all, we are all on the same page about aliens. And, you know, you stepped down from your moon landing point after, <laughs> like an adult, like a well-oiled, well-intelligent human being, you know, you went thing? and when, when confronted with new information, you, if necessary changed your beliefs on things that was very very cool of you and you set an example for all of us well thank you well thank you you gotta work with what the evidence is what the facts are it's all just it's all just steps forward you have to we're all learning to be constructive about these things i think we're I'm going to kind of wind this down and then we'll transition to the ending. But, you know, it's all movement forward for these things. You know, you can't, even when you make stuff that, that can be felt like missteps, like believing that the moon landing didn't happen or something or whatever, or, or being a woo Mao like me, you know, you can only go and correct yourself and continue on perfecting yourself so you don't wreck yourself. You know, it is all movement forward. Similarly, as, you know, members of the California Health Collaborative and as members of Sierra Club, we have to keep on moving forward. Every failure from, the or- from our mother organizations is the perfect opportunity to implement new ideas and new standards and new practices that can rectify where we've gone wrong and make inroads at making something better. This is how we are constructive about this and with a firm grounding in reality, but also a a grasping at something better we are able to build that something better and truly make a Sierra Club that works and truly go and make a better world for everyone because we don't have much time left. Um, Here's another interesting factoid that uh, I think you guys should know. So Jenny and Chelsea, do you all remember the 2012 Fukushima 
nuclear disaster? Yes. A little bit. It's... Yeah. <laughs> well, well, just recently, they went and released a bunch of glowing water from the reactor into the ocean. Nice. But even before that... Um... The amount of nuclear material from Fukushima, the the worst nuclear disaster in human history, um, the amount of content from that has been so widely distributed in the water and in our ecosystems and in the air that all of us, anyone born before 2018... Has, nucle- has trace amounts of nuclear material in their bones. Are we going to get superpowers? Please say we're going to get superpowers. I wish. <laughs> if I did, I think my superpower would be learning when and when not to have appropriately timed conversations with people. Because in real life, I'm really awkward. But, you know, we live in this world that even though we adhere to such concepts and ideas like race or nation or borders or anything, nature firmly disregards our fictions as humans. And such, even though this was a disaster that happened in Japan, this was a disaster that is now ingrained into the marrow of our very being and will be detected as such for what is likely to be the next five million years up until our bones completely disintegrate into stardust. So, to say the very least, regardless of these fictions that we make up as humans, regardless of the bits of superstructure that we have, we must all work at the base. And the base is that our planet is being destroyed. And now, as as people looking for a sustainable future and building it, we must be even more steadfast into making constructive efforts, into building this program better, and into being better people so that we can make a better future for everyone. Because nature does not care about what distinctions you try to draw. Thank you. This podcast is made possible through listeners like you. During this podcast, we got to talk about conspiracy theories. What did you think about the conspiracy theories that we went over? And how have learning about these conspiracy theories helped you in understanding the sociology and political economy? If you have any more theories you'd like to contribute or further discussion on this topic, you can contact us on our social media and we'll bring in some of your input on future episodes. And finally, YAFT is recruiting, so contact us at our email about joining. You can contact our email at yaft at healthcollaborative.org. So that was yaft at healthcollaborative.org. Thanks again for listening to our Jen Green podcast powered by Yaft, and we hope you have a great day. As a bonus, 
for our lovely audience. We would like to share some of the hijinks from earlier this episode for further context. TikTok, Amazon, and the rest of Silicon Valley, please do not sue us. I don't remember if you said, I think you said you had TikTok, but I have that um, TikTok song, um, CEO entrepreneur born in 1964, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Bezos. Oh, the I have Bo that Burnham song, yeah. I have that song stuck in my head. That's fair, though. I, I can't help myself. <laughs> Entrepreneur, born in 1964, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Bezos, CEO, entrepreneur, born in 1964, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Bezos, come on Jeffrey, you can do it, put your brain, put back into it, knows why, tell us now, came from, look at you now, you fucking suck it. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I'm going <laughs> to leave this in the episode. This is going to come at the end. This song? Yes. I well, would love I'll, that. No, the you bringing it onto the program and singing to it because it's stuck in your head. <laughs> the, I'm, I'm I'll, a terrible I'll singer, though. In. I'll add that in as a little interim. I was like, meanwhile. <laughs> meanwhile. <laughs> episode. <laughs> Hey guys, sorry I'm late. Hey, it's nice you, Chelsea. We're just rocking out, you know? Yeah. You know the Bo I'm Burnham song? Bo Burnham song? <laughs> I don't know if I do. Yeah, here, I'll play it real quick. Okay. I'll play it real quick. Oh, it's popular <laughs> on TikTok. Yes. CEO entrepreneur born in 1964, Jeffrey Bezos. I love that song. I was so I was writing down below about Amazon, and that song just popped into my head, so I couldn't I couldn't help myself. Oh, so funny.